Welcome to the University of the Free State Career Services Podcast, where we talk to experts about the ins and outs of jobs and share tips that will give you a grip on your future career. The work of healthcare workers is one of paramount importance in our community. And it is very nice to know that there are doctors out there who are willing to reach out to the South African population through different streams of media. Our guest today is a UFS graduate and obtained his MBCHB from the Faculty of Health Sciences. Um, He's a founder and owner of Dr. O Medical Practice and is popularly known um, in his health topics on radio platforms like Moteo FM, CUTFM, and Musupatsila FM, where he is a resident doctor. Dr. O, as he's famously known, is passionate for spreading health information to help the community make better health decisions. Please help me welcome Dr. Oscar Mabel. <laughs> yes, finally I'm here. Now I'm very interested because the bio only speaks about what you have achieved as now a medical profession, I want to know about your background. Yes. As a student coming forth to you, finally becoming a doctor, how did that go for you? So now I'm from Kronstadt. Uh, it's a small town in the Free State, Northern Free State. That's where I'm from. Born and bred and went to school there. So I applied here and got accepted in medical school. First of all, the application to medical school is also a challenge on its own because everybody wants to go in. And not everybody can get in. So you want to, you know, likely I went to a very good school, um, Kronstadt Academy in Kronstadt, uh, where they were able to, you know, apply early on time. And also I did well enough to be placed in medical school. However, first year medical school here at U of your only question was a feeling, <laughs> is that it was so hard because, you know, when you're used to being top from grade one until grade 12, then here's what happened in medical school. They put all those top don't in one room. And they say, okay, guys, here you go. Now find who you are. So my first test, I remember I didn't do that well. So I remember being feeling so depressed because I was used to being, you know, top 10 somewhere in primary school. And now I'm finding myself in the middle or somewhere lower in the list. So before, they used to post the names and the mark next to each other. But I think they changed the system now. So I would say the first... Uh, three years of medical school was very challenging. First of all, you have to find yourself. You can't just rely on a percentage to define your value and self-worth as a person or whether you know something or you don't know something. So the adaptation from high school to medical school varsity was the most difficult thing I've ever done. I had acne, I was skinny, and then trying to manage the workload of medical school. First of all, medical school is not difficult, but it's uh, it's voluminous. There's too much happening in a short space of time, especially here at your office where we have like a five-year program. So within the first six months of the year, you must have known so much. So I was struggling to find the balance of that. Time management, trying to fit in with the cool kids in medical <laughs> school, trying to get funding, all those things, trying to be independent because now I'm away from home. So I would say the first three years, was so difficult to try and adapt and find my footling as who I am. And then everything changed, I think, after third year when I, I got a bursary. And also I was sort of used to the medical school routines and the study routines and the voluminous work, thick books and all the, everything that it be, I became more relaxed. But it was very difficult in the first three years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you graduated. And then fast forward, ah, fourth and fifth year was good for me. Ah, I was already starting to get popular now. You know? <laughs> the Dr. O thing was yeah. starting to kick in. So fourth year and fifth year, 
was great. I, I, I then uh, got the call. You know, the thing that happens that, you know, in medical school, there's a thing called the Brock exam in final year where you write exam every single day for about two weeks. Theory first week, mm-hmm. I think, and then uh, practical second week. So then there's a day where we all get calls, no, to see if you passed or not. So there's agonizing wait. So once you get the call and say, hey, you've made it, I was so happy. Because since the age of five years old, I told my grandmother that I want to become a doctor. So I'm probably the first one in the family to have a, a goal and a dream at a very young age and to somehow through whatever happened in between to achieve it. Whereas mm-hmm. some people have a dream at five years old and something happens in between and they lose the focus or something happens, they change their mind. So I was fulfilled. I was happy. I was. I felt like I had achieved one of my biggest dreams I've ever, you know, dreamed of. So I was so happy, graduated the best day of my life because my grandmother was there. That was the, the biggest highlight. When I, you when your grandmother sees you achieve what you told her when you were five years old, I think that was a pretty big achievement. Then I graduated and then another life started now. Internship, two years at Bongani Hospital. And then one year community service at Botsavilla Hospital. Then after that, I became now an independent practitioner. But I didn't just do that. I went back to school. I did postgrad in family medicine. So FAM med here at UFS. So I was doing uh, the quality postmaster's degree in family medicine where we specialize. So I chose uh, family medicine. And then I find myself here now with you as a family doctor who has his own practice. From five until now you wanted to be a doctor yes i'm going to challenge you a bit Mm -hmm. i want to ask if you submitted that application to do medicine here and it was rejected what else would you be doing right now so first of all uh, i want to say when there's nobody in your family has graduated to beyond metric to varsity it's hard for you to envision yourself in varsity Mm -hmm. so Yes, my goal was to become a doctor, but then I, I, I was not pursuing it with such gruesome passion like I want to go to medical school. It, it was For me, it was a procedure that, okay, you're in metric now, you have to apply. I only applied to one university, whereas my classmates were applying to multiple universities. Because I applied here because my aunt also lives here. So I thought if I go to Bloom, at least I'll have accommodation. If I go to Cape Town, I don't know who lives there. So I applied to Bloom. I applied, first option was medicine, of course. Second option was microbiology. Only because mm. I didn't know what it meant. Only because I saw the word biology and I thought it means subject biology from school. So I would mm. be to understand it. So that was my second option. So if I wasn't a doctor, I would have applied for the army as an NDF. I would have applied to go in the army. And also I know there are programs in there. I would have done medicine through the army or been a nurse. Anything to do with healthcare, at least. Yeah. That's very smart. That yeah. is actually a very smart route <laughs> yeah. to take. Um, going through the military yes. to actually do what you yes. want to do initially. Yeah. So there are different well, routes that students can take. Yes, or if you are rejected for medicine, you can still go to do like a BSc. And then I know there's a program that if once you pass your BSc quite well, you can still reapply for medicine with your BSc first year uh, marks. Do you mm-hmm. understand? So mm-hmm. it's not like when you're rejected, it means now it's done, it's over the road. You can still do nursing and finish it. My two best friends... Did nursing, finished, graduated nursing, and then applied uh, to become doctors through the international scholarship. One studied in Russia, Komodo student, and one studied in Cuba. So they were able to achieve that, even though they didn't get in the first time of application. So there's other options. That is good to know. That, yeah. that is great to know. 
then I want to know what are the hard and mundane parts of your work. Like the challenges that the are challenges that you oh experience. yeah. So now what? Is it open practice or before? <laughs> Not that you have a practice. Not you have a oh, let's have. A, oh, let's talk about the practice first of all. There's a difference between being a clinician, like a doctor, and being a businessman. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to become a businessman. I'm still learning. So I'm a very. I'm a nice doctor. You know, you want a nice doctor. So if you come to me and then let's say you you can't afford my consulting fee, I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's fine. You will pay me whenever you have money. That's not how business works <laughs> because my dividends, you know, my electricity, my workers, my rent doesn't say, oh, don't worry, don't pay us now. So to balance the thing of being a medical doctor, like a family doctor is like somebody who's able to see you from childbirth until you are age hundred. So it's able to see you a pregnant lady. So it's a broad primary healthcare doctor okay. sees everyone. Mm-hmm. It's like your the coordinator of your health, mm-hmm. like your your primary doctor who knows a lot about your medical history, who knows a lot about uh, where to refer you to specialists and stuff like this. So he's like your main person that comes to health. That's what I, in simple terms, if you can say that your advocate of health focuses on prevention. Um, risk management, monitoring of chronic conditions, you know, screening for staff and stuff like that, referring to appropriate specialist, medical specialist, that's your primary care doctor. Mm. So you can see anyone from in the womb until like, you're 100 or something like that. So also the idea of patients are challenging, human beings are challenging. And if you're going to see all range of human beings, it's it's a challenge. The conversations you have, you're trying to solve problem people's problems that they've been having for many years. Mm. I find it to be very challenging, and it takes long. And because if I'm running a business, I need to t- time management is very important. If I have twenty people waiting, I can't spend an hour with you with your problems. So, to learn the art of trying to make sure that my consultation period is is effective and also on point, that's also something that I'm also learning at the at the practice. And also learning the language of medical schemes, understanding what medical schemes mean, what benefits means, what can I do as a doctor for you so that I can be able to be remunerated through your medical aid and how can we best utilize your medical aid in such a way that you get more from it than just going to a doctor. Like Many people don't know that you can use your medical aid for physiotherapists, dietitians, you know, chiropractors and all those things. So, you know, to educate people now, how can you best utilize medical in such a way that at the end of the day, you get to benefit more. So those are some of the things that I'm, I'm facing. Mm-hmm. Mm. And now this leads me to my next question, because students, especially medical students, those who are going to go to a private practice, yeah. know the background of the theory and the practical of how to treat a, uh, a patient. But then now you said something very interesting, the business side of business writing side, yes. the practice yes. is something else. It's how something would you else. advise students to better prepare themselves if they want to go to um, private practice how would <laughs> they prepare themselves to be ready for that kind of journey okay good first of all i, I believe um the university does offer just a few bit of lectures and seminars regards to businesses so business management pra- private practice management so there's some people that come and give offer seminars and services and stuff like that but then i don't think one lecture or two lectures is enough for you to learn so what i like is that you 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 have to put yourself in the, the ocean the deep dark ocean so what i like is that if you can pair yourself up with somebody who's doing what you want to do so for example i paired myself up with a family doctor for about a year before i opened my own practice if you want to whatever it is just pair yourself up with somebody who is already doing what you're doing whether it's surgery anesthesia whatever it is and understand not just the clinical of course that you'd learn in medical school and through experience but then also the i won't call it the business side but the the financial side 
of medicine, mm-hmm. understand um, how medical aid schemes work, which codes to use, how to best maximize on medical aids and how to avoid, you know, tax problems and all those things. So have that experience first and when you feel that you're ready, then do it. And also, you also learn by just putting yourself in the deep ocean. You know what, just start. And then there's a sort of phrase which says, which means you can start. And then as you go along, you'll fix here and there what needs to be fixed. But you need education. You need to, you know, get people to tell you or talk to you or inform you how this practice works you know get people who are not in medical school i've got accountants who are teaching me stuff that i didn't know you know i'm like okay why am i paying for this why am i paying and you know i hate paying for stuff but i like when the plus sign <laughs> notification is coming through but negative sign is like oh why am i paying for this so get yourself educated in your field understand how it works and make sure that you are so skilled I like how Oprah says this. You are so skilled that your skill is unmatched and you are just phenomenal in whatever you're doing. Yeah. Make sure that your skill is unmatched and you're phenomenal in whatever you're doing. Yes, in that field, yeah. This means you need to do research. You need to sharpen your skills very much so, right? Yes. This, you're preaching to me as well right now. (laughs) You're preaching to me as well right now. Okay, so my final question for you is, what is one secret that you'd like to share about being a family doctor, or things that you see as a family doctor, what secret would you like to share with our listeners? Men uh, or males um, are less likely to seek help from a medical or family doctor. And when they do come to you, it means they really, really need help. Mm. I don't know. Uh, something should be done with uh, male conversation about embracing the idea of uh, getting treatment, not even treatment as such, but then just embracing the idea of being screened uh, to make sure that we prevent things before they become a problem, right? Mm. Um, women are much more willing to visit the doctor, even if it's a small thing, which I like is that they're more willing to want to be screened and to be helped and to be, uh, you, you know, prevention better than cure. They practice that very well. And the woman is always the one concerned about the children. Um, so that's where I get most customers from. The mother will always bring the child and everything. And they're most likely to refer you to other people if you are very good doctor. But uh, the secret I will say is that um, people come to you because of how you make them feel. There are many family doctors, but then people come to you because of how you make them feel. Sometimes people just want you, a doctor that can just listen to them because I'm a very good listener. So they like that. They can talk, whatever they talk, and I'm a, I'm a good listener. I listen to them. People just want to offload you know, their burdens or whatever it is, their frustration, everything. And they're like a doctor who can just provide them with their perspective of whatever they're going through. So paying attention to your patients, being a good listener and creating a safe space for them, that what will bring you closer to your patient, that connection. You want that connection. And also why I chose family medicine is that we don't just focus on the disease of the person, but we try to focus on the holistic approach, you know, the mental health and the psychological health or the body health of course and the soul health so we we put those things the mind body and soul things in perspective for the patient so that's why people should embrace family doctors not don't just go there when you're ill but then have a connection with the family doctor make sure that you have a good relationship with them so that you can just have a perspective what is going on in your life sometimes you have a recurrent physical disease or a recurrent mental illness can't if you only go into a doctor only focus on that problem, you will miss the bigger picture of maybe 
you have something in your your family or in your social setting that is causing or triggering or exacerbating that condition. So it should you need a doctor who can put everything in perspective quite nice so you can have a, a clear direction of what, what is happening with you and how we can best move forward. Yeah, a family doctor is what they do. Yeah. Amen. Yes, thank you. amen. <laughs> thank you so so much for okay, that. What I, what I hear is you know, remove the stigma and then humanize everything. Yes. Preserve the humanity of patients. That's what yes. will make them come to you. Most people feel disconnection between the doctors because um you feel like you are just a next. Next. Thank you. Bye. But if you can just preserve the humanity of, of your patients and just make sure that you create a safe space, they'll really feel honored by your presence when you go into the consulting room. Yeah. I'm I'm so certain that now our pay our our listeners are gonna be like, I want that doctor. Yes, Doctor O. Yeah, Doctor O. Oh, <laughs> Doctor O. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's the end of our questions that I have for you. But now we're moving on into our next um segment, which is the fire round. The fire questions. Fire okay. Questions. So I'm gonna ask you fire questions. Hi, hi, hi. I'm gonna ask you questions. If you're thinking about it too long, five seconds passes, it's too long, okay? Is it medical Quick. questions or general questions? General questions. I also added a medical question here. So uh-huh. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you these questions. Um, okay. Tell your listeners that there's no preparation here. They didn't prepare anything. There was no textbook, nothing. Nothing. Good. They it's know very well what five questions okay, are. So five I'm going to ask you questions. Five questions. I'm going to ask you, are you ready for five questions? You have to say Fire away. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for a fire question? Fire away. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Sweet or salty? Uh, sweet. Remote on site? On site. Every morning I? Every morning I check my phone for notifications. <laughs> my favorite word is? My favorite word is excuse me. It's two words actually. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse him, please. It's two words. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Dr. Oscar, for joining us today. I enjoyed this conversation. It was quite insightful yes. and very fun. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it very much. Okay, Please enjoy the rest so of your day. I will. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it for now. Listen to all our episodes to make sure that you get into the fast lane of career success. 